You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hello, thank you for joining me for episode 267 of the Blended Family Podcast. Today I have a great guest for you, Jessica Fru, and she's going to be talking about how to live a bold life when your family doesn't look like the norm. And I think many of us can relate with that, right? We don't always feel like our families seem to be very normal being blended families. Sometimes we don't feel like we fit in for whatever reason. So stay tuned if that resonates with you and you'll hear what Jessica's reason is, why she's living a bold life. I hope that you guys had a good Mother's Day. I did. We just we went out to lunch. My daughters took us out to lunch. And then I just kind of rested all day, which was very well needed. I'm still dealing with this hip. I've gone to acupuncture a couple of times. And so far, I think that it's helping me. It's not really helping my pain yet. Um, it's helping some other things, some other weird symptoms that I'm getting, but not really the pain. And then today, I found out from my referral doctor where I'm supposed to be finding out what I can do with this labral tear in my hip. I finally get a call. It's been a couple of months from when I got the MRI and they said that they can't do anything for me. So I'm totally confused now. I feel like I'm back to square one. I have no idea what's going on or why nobody can really help me figure it out. But anyway, so I'm just, uh, I'm dealing with that this week. So it's going to be a short intro. Also, uh, next week I have, it's, it's our five-year wedding anniversary. So like I said, if some of you remember when we got married, I can't even understand how that was five years ago at this point because it feels, oh gosh, it feels like yesterday. But anyway, um, so five-year anniversary and we have my daughter's dance recital, which is taking up the whole week. So there's a lot going on next week. So next week, I'm not sure. I know I'm going to have a show. But I'm not sure what it's going to be on yet. My plan is to do the solo show on cultural differences if I have time. If I don't have time, I'm going to throw up an interview. Um, And if you missed last week's show, it was just a solo show and it was just questions about me. So if you want to get to know me a little bit better, you can go check that out. And then two weeks ago, so the week before last, don't forget that we had our Mother's Day special with Linda Cormier, and that was a really good one. If you missed it, go back and check it out. She was talking to us about how to live in heroic joy. But that is it for today. I'm going to let you guys enjoy this interview, and I'm going to go deal with the multitude of things that I have on my plate right now. Okay, everybody, I hope you have a great week. Living the Good Life Naturally is a self-care company focusing on magnesium. Statistics show that up to 50% of the U.S. population is magnesium deficient, which can cause a multitude of health issues including headaches, muscle cramps, seizures, hair loss, and more. Kristen Bowen, founder, created the company out of her own personal health struggles, so she really cares, and she has a mission to help others achieve optimal health. I myself am a huge believer in these products, and I use them on a daily basis. It's been especially helpful for my anxiety and my pain. Try the magnesium soak, the magnesium spray, or the delectable bath bombs for an extra treat. 
and check out the website to see the entire product line and learn more at livingthegoodlifenaturally.com or you can go back and listen to episode number 237 when Kristen was on this show. Don't forget to use my promo code BLENDED to receive a special discount. Order today and get your health back. Jessica Frew is a wife, ex-wife, mom, stepmom, and bold action taker. She has a successful podcast called Husband-in-Law that she records with her husband, Matt, and her ex-husband, Steve. Together, they're sharing their stories of love, marriage, coming out, divorce, remarriage, and co-parenting to help others know that they're not alone. They also co-own The Bold Logic, a company devoted to helping people go from living in I should mindset to taking bold action towards keeping and reclaiming their sense of self. Jessica is a firm believer that by knowing and understanding what it is you really want in life, you can boldly create a life you love no matter what your circumstances. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Hey, how are you? Doing awesome. I'm so glad to have you here. And you know, today we really want to help those families who might feel their family just doesn't fit in or typically look like other families. And we want to show everyone that it doesn't matter and that you can live a bold life no matter what. Jessica, you certainly are a shining example of that. So why don't you share with us a little bit more about your story and how you learned to live boldly? Sounds great. Um, So At this point in time, uh, like you said, I'm a wife and an ex-wife. My first husband and I were married for seven years. And about six months into that, he kind of came to terms with the fact he was gay. And which, you know, totally changed the dynamic of our marriage and where we're heading. Um, We did stay married for another six and a half years. And we had a daughter together. Um, And about two years after she was born, he decided he needed to go embrace the side of himself and live be true to who he was. And so at that point, we um, divorced and really had to rethink how we wanted our lives to look and how we wanted to show up in this new this new life. Like, what did we want um, our relationship to look like going forward for ourselves and for our daughter? And and mixed in there, I want to say too, people are always like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's easier because he was gay. <laughs> and there was infidelity and all of those things that you have to work through, right? There were things that, that were hard. And so it, it did make it a journey and a rethinking of our lives. Um, and then I got remarried. My husband and I have been married for eight years now, and he has two kids. Um, and we do, the three of us, Matt and I and Steve, host a podcast together and share our stories of love, marriage, divorce, coming out, and all of these things. Um, and it it also makes it a little different because Matt and I are active members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or Mormons, as many of us know us by, um, which people often feel like doesn't work together with the LBGTQ community. And so it kind of adds another dynamic. And another thing that we often share is we understand that not all relationships can look like ours, where we get along and we do holidays together and birthdays together. Um, But on the other side, we have Matt's ex-wife where it is very much a high conflict situation and we don't engage in those things. We don't do those things together. And we understand that you have to make it work in a way that works for you. Wow. Well, that is really an incredible story. And I didn't realize that you knew throughout the whole almost seven years of your marriage that this was the case. I did not know that. And so what was that like for you finding out 
so soon after you're married that he was gay. Like, what were some of the emotions that you were feeling at that time? Man, it feels like those first few years of our marriage were really a roller coaster, right? And honestly, you know, people say the first year of marriage is the hardest and all of that. And we didn't experience that. Like, we really came together in that first year. And I think it's because um, Steve had shared with me before we got married some things that he viewed as a struggle and that he struggled with. And so we had already opened that door to kind of be very honest and open with each other. Um, But really, you know, when I found out he was gay and then, and then when he came to terms with it, I remember thinking, okay, like, what do I do now? I Do we stay married? Do we um, end the marriage? And and what do we do? We've, we've had this plans. We were in the mo- middle of moving at the time um, to Belize. <laughs> and so it was like this whole rethinking. And, and I feel like that was the first moment of me really realizing that I could be bold, which for me means that I'm going to be true to who I am and what works for me, right? I didn't know anybody who was in a mixed orientation marriage. um, And I didn't have people that I was able to talk to about that because we very much wanted to respect each other's privacy. And Steve wasn't able, he wasn't ready to come out and to make that public. He just, he wasn't there yet. And that was fine. And so for me, it really took a lot of soul searching of, am I okay staying in this marriage? Is this really what I want? And being very honest with myself that someday we could get divorced and he might have an affair and all of these things and really figuring out if that's what I wanted at that moment. Yeah, those are probably some very heavy feelings that you were going through. And I I would love to know this because I'm sure people are wondering this. What made you decide to go ahead and have a child together, not really knowing where the future was with your relationship or how long it was going to last? You know, I think it was just something that we had both wanted for our whole lives. And, you know, if Steve did decide to go live his life and be authentic to who he was um, as a gay man, oftentimes that doesn't include children, you know, and this was an opportunity, I guess, for him to have that option, to have a child that's biologically his. And honestly, I think at that point, neither of us really thought we would get divorced. I think we both felt pretty confident that we would stay married and we wanted to continue forward in that mindset of focusing on the fact that we were going to make this work and we were going to do that. And so we continued forward taking those actions. Um, And I'm so glad we did. Like I love seeing the relationship that they have and that he gets to have that experience and have this child that's his. Yeah. Well, I think it's beautiful. And I think it says a lot about the relationship that the two of you have that you could go on. I mean, we all know that having children sometimes can cause problems in a relationship. And you guys were able to take a relationship that already had some challenges and bring a child into it and actually create a beautiful family, a beautiful blended family out of that. So kudos to you for doing that. Um, When you decided, I guess, after after you had your child and you guys decided, look, this isn't going to work. We're going to split up. We're going to start telling people. When did you, when did that happen? When did you start? When did he come out, I guess? And when did you start telling people that you guys were deciding to end the, the marriage? So it kind of happened as a gradual, well, it initially started as a gradual process. He had told his mom about a year before we got divorced that he was gay. And she was the only one in our family that knew. Um, we had a couple of friends that were aware and that knew of that knew about it. Uh, but outside that, nobody really knew. And then I guess once 
he had the affair and we tried to work that out. We tried to make things work and it was just a mess. We were a mess. Um, and at that point when I decided to leave, I was like, well, what are we going to tell people? Because people know we're happy together and that's real and genuine. And and we made the decision then that, you know what, we're, we're just going to be honest and tell people that Steve's gay. Um, so it was a huge adjustment for him in that time. I mean, it was a huge adjustment for both of us. But I watched as he went from, you know, living a very conservative Christian lifestyle um, to then being openly gay and rethinking his whole life during that process and all these emotions of, are people going to love and accept uh, accept me or are they going to shun me? What's going to happen here? Um, and so we, I mean, we were, after that, it kind of was a everybody knew type thing. If people knew we were divorced, then people knew Steve was gay. So what was the reaction like from everybody? Was it supportive or not? It was mixed across the board. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we had had six years to to process this and to understand mm. our relationship and our marriage and where we were at with everything. And so it was really a game of catching people up at that point um, and giving people grace to kind of catch up. And so, you know, I mean, Steve's family really struggled with it. They had a really hard time with it. Um, my family, once they knew like I was okay mm-hmm. and that I was, I was thriving and, and everything, then they came around very quickly to accepting Steve and loving him and making sure he knew he was still part of our family, um, which, which took some time. But also, I, like I said, I felt like it went very quickly considering everything that we were dropping on our families. Right. Um, and, and our friends, I feel like we're great about it. Like they were very accepting and loving of Steve. I think Steve's own projections of how people might judge him was the hardest thing for Steve to get over. That was his taking on himself of, oh, people are going to judge me. And he had to slowly accept that people weren't judging him for the most part and that people still loved him and accepted him for who he was. Wow. Well, it's it takes a lot of courage to be able to come out. Now, how old was your daughter when this actually happened? So she was two when we got divorced. Um, so she was little. and she, So she doesn't remember us really together at all. And how old so is she now? She's 11. She's 11. Okay. So let's talk about her for a minute. Um, yeah. How, how does she, I mean, obviously as she got older, she probably started to understand or ask questions. So tell us about that. Tell us how you worked it with your daughter, how she came to understand and how, how does she do with it now? Yeah. So, um, she's done pretty well with the divorce. I mean, there's always been moments, of course, where she says, oh, I just wish, you know, you and daddy could be back together and and those types of things. And I think that's just a real thing that all kids go through, right? We We mourn, we're all allowed to mourn the relationship and the life we thought we would have. Um, but then also like Steve and I, as far as him being gay, had made it a point that we were going to not hide any of this from her. We wanted it to just be a fact that she grew up with, that she always has known that Steve's gay. Um, And so on an age-appropriate level, that's always something she's known. And we've also been very honest with her. Like, there's going to be people who are mean to you about 
the fact your dad's gay. There might be people that are mean to you because your parents are divorced. Like you just, and, and even the fact that we get along, like some people have real hard time understanding that you can still get along with an ex, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, it's just been kind of a process that we've gone through and that we've talked to her a lot about. That's amazing. Now, does she ever, um, does she tell her friends and has she ever had any issues with her friends? So far, there haven't been any issues um, when she's told people that her dad's gay. And it's honestly kind of for her been something she's proud of um, and which I'm grateful for. I feel like, you know, she should own who she is and and who her where she came from and all of those things. Um, but I know I'm, I just keep waiting for the day that she comes home in tears or whatever that somebody teases her about it or, or calls her dad a derogatory name or even me for that matter. I just, you don't know what they're going to be exposed to and what somebody's going to make fun of your kid for. It could be anything. Um, but we've, like I said, we've had talks around that to very much kind of prepare her that this is the reality, that this could happen. And we want you to kind of have an understanding of how you're going to react, whether you engage or not engage, or at what point you say, you know what, this isn't something I want to talk about, um, and try to teach her healthy boundaries around that, I guess. So Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. And I think, you know, these days, um, it's not made fun of in the same way, because it's much more common now, and people are being more bold and coming out about who they are. And so I'm really glad that she's adjusted well to it. So let's talk about, you you know, you got remarried. So what was that whole experience like when you met somebody new and um, you obviously um, had to introduce them? And so how did that go? So (laughs) the thing I love about this part of my life is that Steve and Matt became friends after Steve and I got divorced. So they um, had a mutual friend in common and they started mountain biking together. He would invite both of them and they'd go mountain biking together. So they kind of knew who the other one was. They didn't have like in-depth conversations or anything like that, but they were buddies. And so I remember Steve actually introduced me to Matt one day. And the next week I told Steve, I said, hey, listen, I'm going to marry Matt Frew. And he's like, whatever. No, you're not. He's my friend. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to. And it was a while down the road, but we did end up getting married. And I still think that's just so crazy that it actually happened. Um, So it was kind of nice because they already knew each other. And our kids actually knew each other um, from church. And so it, it made the transition a little bit easier into dating. Now, when we got married, that was a whole nother thing that was a mess. But um, at least the dating side of it, it was really made it kind of an easy transition because everybody knew each other already. And so we were able to talk and to um, kind of have, you know, good, good, deep conversations about it. Um, And actually, Matt, when Matt and I first started dating, he had already reached out to Steve and said, hey, I you know, Jessica wants to hang out and do stuff together. Like, are you okay with this? So there was already kind of this respect established from the get-go between them of honoring their position in my life and in my daughter's life, which has stayed true. Like that's something they've continued to do is really try to honor each other's roles in my life and Penny's life. This is so, so amazing. So if we were going to look back, because I know that there's probably some people that might find themselves in your situation right now, and they don't really know how to navigate. So if you look back now, is there anything that you 
wish you did differently in the beginning, something that maybe you learned and you said, gosh, now I know not to do it this way. Uh, For somebody that might find themselves in your situation, do you have any tips? So one of the things I really encourage people to do, um, I mean, they look at us and they're like, oh, we want to have a good relationship, right? We want to do this. And they jump in with doing all of the birthdays and holidays together. And um, I think a key thing we often forget after after getting divorced and establishing a good relationship is that it's okay to take time to get to know yourself again post-divorce before you, you know, start letting boundaries down and start engaging together all the time. Um, that's something we really made a conscious effort of was to respect each other's time with Penny, to respect each other's time without Penny, um, so that there was a lot of trust and respect rebuilt post-divorce. So we really engaged in that time. And I think that was huge for us. And I think it's a common mistake people make trying to have a good relationship post-divorce is that they don't set the clear boundaries in the beginning. And yes, you can continue to readjust those boundaries and to soften boundaries where it needs to be. But I think it's so important that you take some time to get to know yourself and what it is you want post-divorce so that you can kind of engage in a healthy way with yourself and then with this other person. Yeah, that's a great answer because it can be really, really confusing when you first get divorced and you don't know how to act or what to do. And sometimes you're right. You do jump in thinking that you can just maybe treat situations like you used to and then you find out that you can and conflict comes up. So that's a great, great answer. So so let's talk about so you're, you're you know, you met, you got remarried and now your new husband has kids, too. So now you've got this blended family. So tell me about your entire blended family and how how old are the other kids? Yeah. So I have a stepson who is 14 and a stepdaughter who is almost 13. Um, and all of our kids are like a year and a half apart. So they're very close in age. Um, and that is really that has been the hardest thing for me through the divorce and remarriage and all those things is finding my role and position as a stepmom and working with Matt's ex-wife. Of course, like it's just so hard. And this is one of the things that we we try to share and tell people as well is that, you know, while we have this amazing relationship with Steve, our relationship with Matt's ex-wife looks very, very different. And so we really understand and encourage people to figure out what works for them. Like this isn't going to be the same for everybody. And every situation can't look the same, but really embrace and figure out what works for you. Don't try to just do it how somebody else did it. Experiment a little and and do get uncomfortable every once in a while and trying something to see if maybe it'll work for you, but also protect yourself, set the boundaries and understand it doesn't work. Um, yeah, we, like I said, it's a very high conflict situation mm-hmm. with Matt's ex-wife. And I felt like I went through probably two years into our marriage, I went through a very real mourning process um, of mourning the relationship I thought I would have with Matt's kids and also the relationship I was hoping to have with her. Wow. So did you want to elaborate on that at all? Uh, You don't have to, but did you want to elaborate on what went wrong there or did anything go wrong or it just toxic from the beginning? It's hard Like I've really gone back to kind of rehash this. Not like I'm rehashing it all the time, but just I'm a very introspective person and I want to understand, you know, what could I have done differently? What could I have done better? And while I I definitely think there were things I could have done better, um, but 
I think we all did the best we could and it just didn't work and we had to rethink it. So in the beginning, his ex and I were very much, um, we, we would get together with the kids. Like when I had the kids, I would call her and say, Hey, we're going to the pool. Do you want to come with us? Um, I'd call her when I was going to the gym cause we worked out at the same gym and say, Hey, do you want to do a class together? And we did. Um, I even like took her out for mother's day, her birthday, things like that, because I really, I wanted to have a great friendship with this person. We share kids. Um, but then I, I, Gave I I'm very much a person who shares. Obviously, <laughs> I'm not afraid to share my story. I'm not afraid to share who I am because I believe in sharing who I am allows other people to be themselves and to feel comfortable. And so I I mean I had opened up to her and shared some things that were very personal to me um, and things like that. And then one day, out of the blue, she like we had had a a minor conflict, and I was like I didn't think anything of it. Like it was about scheduling family pictures and like. It was just a little scheduling thing. And I was like, oh, well, not a big deal. And I let it go. I was like, you know what? This is fine. We'll work things out. You guys do what you need to do and and we'll figure it out. Um, And the next time Matt went to pick up the kids from her, it was like claws were out. She was calling me names in front of the kids. Um, I wasn't there. This is all to Matt. She's taking Mm -hmm. all of these things that were personal to me that she knew were very much who I was and very personal and throwing them out to Matt to try and use them against me. And, um, it was just like, (laughs) I knew at that moment, I was like, all right, obviously this isn't what I'd hoped for. I can't trust this person like I thought I could. And that's when I had to step back drastically. Um, and I've had to continue to step back because I've realized that even if, okay, so I'm not going to engage with her anymore. Matt's going to be the one that schedules everything, which I think is healthy from the beginning. I wish that was something we would have embraced more in the beginning is just Matt taking on more of the responsibilities and easing into me. Mm-hmm. taking those things on instead of we just kind of jumped in and we did what worked, right? Um, it worked. I was home more with the kids. He's at work. So it worked for me to do scheduling with his ex-wife and it worked for me to engage in these different ways. Um, and I would probably go back and allow him, put on him the responsibilities of being his co-parent, you know, being the co-parent more than we did in the beginning. I think that was really probably one of the things that would have made a difference for us. But I think there still would have been issues either way. So I feel like maybe this is the way I needed to learn this and to see this for how it, how drastic it was. Um, but I don't know. You never know. Yeah. Well, and sometimes we everything could be going fine and then somebody's triggered by something and we don't even know why. But I always yep. try to remind people that when someone is triggered by you – that is their issue, not yours, yes. you know, and that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize. Um, so she, you know, there was something in her and she just made that decision. And so you're doing the best that you can. And I think that that's great um, that you, the rest of you are getting along and doing what you need to do. How's your relationship with your stepkids now? You know, um, it's very different than what I had hoped for, obviously. Yeah. Um, there's things that are said and done that impacts how they engage with me and what they're comfortable doing and saying to me, which is fine. Like I, I've gotten to a place where I've realized this is a hundred percent. Okay. As long as these kids know that they are safe in my home, that they will have everything they need. Um, and that they get to have the relationship with their dad that they want. And that's kind of where I focus is how can I show up to, you know, 
make it so that they do have a good relationship with their dad, that they feel comfortable, that they feel loved. Um, and what are the ways I can show my support? And that hopefully they'll remember those things when they're older and can look back and say, oh my gosh, like <laughs> she was this person. She was there when we needed her. We did have these things. Um, my stepdaughter and I get along pretty well. I, you know, and, and she gets along with my daughter really well. They're closest in age and they, they have a pretty good relationship. And so I just try to really focus on the things that we do get to connect on and make sure that they're aware that I'm excited about those things and that I show appreciation for the things that they're doing well and the areas that we can connect on. Um, and then I've just really learned to let all the other stuff go. And while it's heartbreaking and it hurts sometimes and it feels very personal at times, I've also seen the value and the difference it's made in our home for how they get to engage with their dad. And they know what to expect now. They know what to expect between their mom and I. They know what to expect between their dad and their mom so that, um, yeah, so they understand that tensions are going to be kept low. This is how we have to have things so that they're not put in the middle of a fight or they're not put in the middle of a hard situation. I think they get that at least now that this is why we do the things we do and the way we do it is so that they know what to expect. They can have that security in their life, which I feel like is the most important thing we can give kids in a blended family is that they at least know what to expect. Yes, it sure is. And especially when, you know, they could be hearing things in another household. And we know that happens all the time in blended families. And we can't, we have no control over that. We have no control yeah. over what things are being said um, about us. And so you're handling the situation very well and maturely. And I give you a lot of credit for that because I know that that's not easy when you're dealing with a toxic ex on one side or both sides. I know that it's really, really hard. Um, and you can only do what you can do, right? Like you said, you, yeah. There's, we have no control and you're trying to preserve the relationships that you have. And I think that that's really, really amazing. So let's talk about your podcast. So tell me, when did the podcast idea come to be and who decided that it was going to be the three of you? Uh, so a few years ago, Matt and Steve were actually talking and they're like, you know, we should have like an Instagram handle together or something where we just share the things we do together and uh, how we like respect each other's lives and how we engage. He's like, because we knew people were interested. Every time we told people our story or they saw the three of us together supporting our kids, people are like, what is going on? <laughs> and so we know knew there was people that needed to see it and hear it. And we also knew, like, I remember going into my divorce that, you know, one of the hardest things for me was I had only seen the negative version of divorce, right? I hadn't seen people who are making it work or who were doing, they got along or who were doing things for their kids that, that it worked. I only saw where the kids are, you know, scared about mom and dad being together for graduation or their wedding or all of these things. And I just knew I didn't want that. Um, and so we're hopefully giving people this view that they get to see it from a different way. So Steve and Matt initially talked about doing something together and just sharing their side-by-side -side stories of day-to-day -day life. And then when they came together and the things they did together um, for our kids, and they like take our daughters out on daddy-daughter dates and things like awesome. that and, and all these different things. And it, it's really fun. But they're both busy and I knew it wasn't going to happen. And so then two years ago, I was like, you guys, I think I'm ready to like do something. And I want to take our, our story and I want to share it. I want to help other people 
rethink their lives and relationships so that they show up in a way that works for them. And I want to share all of it, all of the things that are going on so that people know, you know, sometimes this works, sometimes it doesn't. You get to create that life. You get to decide how you show up and what you do. So I went to Steve and I said, I'm going to do, and Steve is my ex. So I'm going to do this podcast. Um, I This is what I'm planning on sharing. If you would like to be a part of it, you're more than welcome to, but I'm going to do it either way. And Steve's like, all right, give me a, give me a couple of weeks to think about this. And he came back and he's like, I'm in, I'm ready to do this. He's like, if I could have had anything through our marriage and through our divorce, it would be something like this, where somebody's telling me and showing me that they made it through, that there's mm-hmm. hope, that there's a way to do this. And he's like, so I, I'll do it because he was scared. <laughs> but um, And Matt was on board from day one. He's like, I'll do it. Like, this sounds great. And so um, it just kind of came together. And it was a little bit of rocky road. Uh, in fact, we just shared in our 100th episode um, Steve's, we call it the bathtub confessional where he, we recorded the first time and then he completely fell apart and sent us like this voice recording from the bathtub. And he's like, I just feel like such a failure. And he shares all of these things of why he's so scared to share his story. And, um, and it's real, right? You never know what people are going to do or how they're going to judge you, but we just decided to go for it. And it's been an amazing journey. It sure sounds like it. So what are some of the other topics? I know you have a lot of shows, but just give me some of the topics that you guys discuss. You discuss co-parenting and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So we, our podcast is a little bit different than most podcasts out there. It's very much um, just our stories. We do have some guests on occasionally, but we share our stories from when Steve and I were dating, from when Matt and his ex-wife were dating, all the way through till the present. Um, we do talk about certain topics because obviously there's things that come up that we that people want to know more about. Well, how did you make that work? How did you get from this point to this point? Mm-hmm. And so we try to share, you know, how we co-parent, how we've set boundaries, how we um, engage with each other and with our kids. We've also we also share things because we have this added dynamic of the fact that Matt and I are still very active in the Mormon church um, where, you know, people don't see how that goes together with the LGBTQ community. We've really shared our thoughts and beliefs on those and how you can make relationships work even when you don't see eye to eye or you don't necessarily agree on the same lifestyle, which who does? Like <laughs> None of us live exactly the same. Um, and so we try to share our thoughts and feelings around those hard topics as well and just kind of show how we have these hard topics even. Like we, we have these hard discussions, I mean, of talking about things that are, that are tricky. I love it. It's important that you do that, that you get vulnerable because not everybody does. And we all need a resource, some, something that we can go to to help us feel like we're not alone. And so I'm so glad that you're doing this. Um, now, you also have a company called Bold Logic. So tell us about that. Yeah. So the Bold Logic is um, focused around helping people get to know themselves. And the whole point of that is we've 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 made these relationships work because we have been willing to let each other be themselves and understand who they are. And it's really a process. And I feel like we lose it so much, you know, starting when we're teens and then as we um, lose ourselves in work or in a relationship or when we become a parent, like those things define us and we forget who we are. And so we firmly believe that if you are willing to 
boldly learn about yourself and know who you are, you get to show up better in your relationships because then you know how to set your boundaries. You know how to engage with other people. You understand when you can have hard conversations and when you need to step back and um, put a boundary around that. So we really believe that at The Bold Logic, we try to teach people how to get to know themselves first so that they can show up better to their life and relationships. I love that. And you also have a free workbook, don't you? Yes. So we have a free workbook that that kind of starts off this whole journey of getting to know yourself so that you can show up better to your relationships. Um, And it's called Change Your Story, Change Your Life. And it's really about changing the story that you tell yourself. So that's where a lot of the hard things come from are the things we're saying to ourselves, not necessarily the things that other people are saying to us, although those, those have an impact, but usually what we think other people are saying or how we think other people are perceiving us are really what shapes us and how we show up to life. And so we're helping in the in the workbook, the free workbook, you get um, kind of the starter of asking yourself powerful questions to start digging into where your pain points are and what are the things that really are driving your actions um, and to help you start changing how you're talking to yourself about this. One of the examples I love to use about this was when um, we're like four or five years into our marriage, my second marriage, and I'm always telling myself, I'm a bad stepmom. I am a bad stepmom. And I was out for a run one day and I was thinking about this. I'm like, why am I telling myself this? Like, what's told me that I'm a bad stepmom? What are what are the signs pointing at the fact that I'm a bad stepmom? And as I'm running, I'm just diving into this, asking myself questions of, is this real? Am I really a bad stepmom? Or is this my what I'm perceiving? Is this what other people are telling me? And then by the end of my run, I was like, all right, here's the new story that I'm going to tell myself. Every time those thoughts of you're a bad stepmom creep into your into my mind, I'm going to change it with I'm a good stepmom. I'm doing the best that I can. And I love these kids. And it's really changed how I've been able to show up for my stepkids and the relationship we're able to have because I'm not just constantly telling myself I'm bad at this, but instead I understand that I am a good stepmom. I've done the best that I can. And, you know, I'm going to keep showing up in the ways that I can. And I'm not always going to do it perfectly. Um, and that's okay. That's part of the process. And it's part of the, it's a good thing for the kids to see that we don't do it okay, right? But it has been such a game changer. Um, and that's probably one of the biggest things I can remember right now in changing that story that I'm telling myself, how powerful that's been for me and for the relationship that I can have with my stepkids. Yeah, that's great. And thoughts do become things. And so I always teach about the power of your thoughts. And so for the listeners, I will have a link in the show notes so that you can get that free workbook so that you can start working on yourself. Um, And then also I'm going to have all of Jessica's links. But Jessica, why don't you tell people how to find you? Yeah. So we are on any podcasting platform. If you like podcasts, and obviously most of your listeners do, (laughs) Um, you can find us at husband-in-law on any podcasting platform. And then also on Instagram, we are there under husband-in-law and we do have a Facebook group called The Bold Action Takers. That's wonderful. And I really, really do appreciate you being here. But before we go, I just want to know in your words, Jessica, what does it mean to live a bold life. Tell us one thing we can do for the listeners to step into that boldness and not be afraid. So I always tell people the first thing you need to do um, 
in getting to know yourself, because that's where that boldness comes from, is being open to listening to yourself. Really listen to that voice inside of you and embrace it and be honest with it. Um, We listen to so much of the outside world telling us who we should be and how we should show up and what we should do that we forget to listen to ourselves. So when you can start listening to yourself and trusting that inner voice, that is when the magic happens. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here to share your story. And by doing so, you've given us all more courage to live a bold life. Listeners, if you resonate with Jessica, be sure to check out her website and her podcast. The links are in the show notes. And if you know someone who would benefit from hearing her story, please share this show with them. Thank you for listening and join me next week for another show. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Melissa. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.